0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. In the year 2072, as our world reels from climate chaos, there is one beacon of hope. Pura, a sanctuary amidst the devastation, safeguarding its inhabitants from the relentless onslaught of environmental disasters. Meet Demetria Lopez, the face of Pura's pristine image. But beneath the facade lies a chilling truth. When Dimitri uncovers a secret that could shatter everything Pura stands for, she faces a choice loyalty or truth, preservation or revelation. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death comes an electrifying new series, The Last City, starring the talents of Rhea Seahorn, Jenny Tirado, and Maury Sterling, prepare for a gripping tale of intrigue and moral reckoning. Subscribe to The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you listen to podcasts. And for an exclusive experience, join Wondery Plus to binge all episodes early and ad-free. The future of Pura awaits.
1: Hello. Welcome to Dust. My name is Kai. Entry 1. Jen Bourne. The author, R.K. Nickel. This is Dust.
2: It was good to be back, Nia thought, standing in the shower, hot water pelting against her coppery skin. She didn't need to scrub it. It was designed to shed grime and water. And harder things. But the steam and heat felt so good that she lingered. There was nothing like a long shower to slough off the stasis of a beach vacation. The islands of Mehenar had been beautiful, of course, but she had only so much use for beauty. She preferred a good day's work. That was probably just genetics. Or in her case, genetics plus engineering, she thought, staring up into the shower stream, eyes wide. The water didn't bother those shining orbs any more than it did her skin. Welcome back. Dern's upper half appeared in Nia's sight, a projection that only she could see. He tapped a few keys, and his image was replaced by a collection of data files. What have we got?
3: Panic Trooper. Overloaded a sieve tower.
2: How many dead?
3: Nearly 2,000.
2: She blinked quickly, flipping through the files. The attacker didn't look dangerous, but they never did. Ugly, though. Pasty skin, eyes too small for his face, stringy, curly hair. Nia switched back to Dern's image. He was everything this criminal wasn't, even though he too was bland-born. Despite the odds... Blind luck got it right sometimes. Tall, with skin the color of charred wood, and eyes that could command a situation or listen with understanding. Perhaps empathy was useful in his position. Nia had little use for it as a soldier. Still, if she got that promotion she'd been waiting for, maybe she would need some of that quality. It was something to think about. Where do I go?
3: You don't want to know the why of it?
2: Does it matter?
3: He's fled the Unity. Streamed off world.
2: That was new. Your average panic trooper was just some brainwashed fool trying to make a point through fear and revulsion. They wouldn't have access to that kind of equipment, or the juice to run it.
3: We're leaving tonight.
2: We? We. That was also new. Dern was operations, Nia was point. She worked alone. Nia's mission kit was ready to go, as always. She donned field gear and headed for the roof pad. The transport pod was already landing when the lift door opened. On board, she blinked through more of the dossier, slowing the video as it showed a power surge licking its way up the structure, setting off small explosions, melting support beams, and what they held, death. It was always the same. Sheared metal, broken bodies, raging fires. It had all long since stopped affecting her, if it ever had. And why should it? She had this job for a reason. Someone had to be able to think logically in the face of chaos. That someone was her. She blinked back through the limited information they had on the trooper. The usual M.O., mind polluted by a resistance sect, rewired until he believed their lies, then sent on a mission to sow destruction. Well, he would get what he deserved. Nia would see to that. Her transport landed at the stream port. She got out, and the pod lifted off again. A brief wait, and then another pod set down. Dern stepped out and came toward her, strapping on his pack as he walked. She still didn't understand why he was joining her. His presence was... inefficient, she thought. You won't slow me down.
3: Hello to you, too.
2: I didn't say hello.
3: I know what you said. Oarsman says the stream is ready. See you on the other side.
2: And then the stream opened. It was a kind of falling. Not a smooth freefall, but a shuddering, jolting tumble in a colourless void outside of time. No matter how often she'd ridden the stream, Nia never got used to the experience. It was like being paralysed and torn to pieces from the inside. Then she was standing on a foreign planet, Dern beside her, his eyes closed. It would take him longer to recover. Moments later, a long dock winked into existence, their transportation home. Nia looked up at the sun. It seemed to half fill the sky, a red giant.
3: It's beautiful.
2: All around them, the ground was thickly carpeted in red and gold ferns, rippling in a gentle breeze. Beyond them stood trees, tall, curled things, with branches like fingers grasping at the sky. They were leafless, with bark the same rich red and gold of the ferns. The air too was richer than Nia was used to. A slightly higher level of oxygen in the mix buoyed the spirit with each breath.
3: Do you hear that?
2: Nia's ears attuned themselves. A low sound, just on the edge of Dern's hearing, was coming from the trees. That they could sing at all was odd. That they could sing this single, not-quite-note in a minor key and make a harmony of it defied reason.
3: I've heard of this. I didn't think it was real. What is it? The echo. They say it changes you.
2: Then best not to listen. Nia tuned out the hum and began walking in a widening spiral, scanning the foliage around them. It was, in fact, beautiful but her fascination was not with the plant's colour or texture, but rather the information they held. She bent and touched a frond at her knee. Here, I've got him. Traces of organic cells, human cells, had lit up in her senses. Now she used that to extrapolate a path. A map appeared before her, with a bright trail leading to a distant valley. Orsman had said he'd be able to track and chart the same stream as the panic trooper... It appeared he hadn't simply been boasting. She stood quickly and set off at a brisk pace. The trooper had a good head start, and who knows how much help he would have on this planet. He must be high-ranking to be able to warrant an escape stream. This could be big for Nia, the mission she'd been waiting for. Nia had been a tracker for a long time. She could barely remember when she hadn't been. Her earliest memories were of the programme, She'd trained and been trained to acquire the skills and knowledge she needed. She did well and savoured her accomplishments, until they were erased as often as not by overreaching. Eventually, though, she learned to turn failure into data she could use to succeed the next time, and by always setting her sights higher, she became what she now was, ruthless proficiency honed by ambition. The next rung would put her at the head of an elite team tasked with fighting the core of the resistance. She enjoyed the simple hunts for a few individuals. She couldn't deny that. But if this turned out to be something more, maybe they'd finally see what she could really do. She'd made this job her life. Nia was 26 and had no friends, had never had a lover and had barely known her parents. She viewed all those things as mere distractions from her work. The job was what mattered to her. What more could they ask? She figured it was about time she got rewarded. Nia had set a brisk pace through the ferns, but after just a few kilometres, Dern was already slowing. His breathing was laboured, and he was covered in sweat. A bland could never keep up, she thought. You should go back. Wait at the long dock. I'll track down this killer, see what he knows, take care of him, and return. No. I'll move much faster without you. It's not like I need you... No. Look, it's not your fault. You simply weren't designed as well. What?
3: We're going together.
2: It hardly makes sense for me to wait... No,
3: Nia. I'm your superior. Is it that terrible to slow down once in a while? Take a break.
2: Look around you. The red and gold forest was more richly colored in the late afternoon light than before. But she saw no other difference. I see no reason to glance from side to side when the path forward is so clear. <sighs> I'll try to keep up. Nia never understood why Blandborn took offense at simple truths. She was objectively better. Humans simply were the way they were. And it was foolish to hope they could be anything else. Dern might be her superior in rank... But in other ways, no. What was the logic in the Unity weighing down this mission with useless freight? Nia gnawed at the question as she strode on, once more leaving Dern behind. She could find no reasonable answer. Eventually the sun sank below the horizon, filling the sky with swirling crimson along the way. The growing darkness made little difference to Nia. She could just activate her night vision and keep going. Nor did she need sleep. After four days without it, she would still maintain over 80% functionality. But done. She turned and retraced her steps to a clearing she'd passed, then stopped and waited for him to reach her. We should make camp. I'm fine. Acting tough, Nia thought. Instead of responding, she unslung her pack and dumped out the contents. A short while later, the two sat beside a portable heat source warmer than a fire and dim enough that it couldn't be seen from a distance. They sat silent for a time, and Nia retuned her hearing, allowing the echo to wash through her. It seemed to somehow link her physically to her surroundings, the undulations of the ferns and the swaying of the trees matching the steady pump of her heart, the flow of her oxygen-enhanced blood. She felt an unfamiliar contentment grow inside her, Finally, Dern broke the silence.
3: How was your vacation? Pleasant. Do anything fun?
2: Lounged on the beach. Ate too much. She stopped to think then. Why had she done that? Time on the beach was pointless, and food was just calories. She shook it off and continued. Went swimming with a Dorian Dorian tortoise. tortoise. Did someone tell you that? Shaking your head is not an answer. Is the Unity tracking me? That was one downside of built-in tech. She was always connected.
3: Yes and no.
2: What do you mean?
3: It's the Unity. They do a lot of things.
2: That sounds dangerously close to discordance, Dern.
3: Are you going to report me?
2: He was looking her straight in the eye. She wasn't used to people looking at her like that. And those eyes. That face. And do all that paperwork break in a new operator. Not a good trade-off.
3: Very logical. Thank you. I didn't mean it as a compliment.
2: It is a fact. I was just being polite. In the silence that followed, Nia analyzed the native insect life. At least 23 separate species, most with some variation in tone by gender. Nothing worth looking into. They posed no threat. She turned her attention back to Dern, he too seemed to sway in time to the harmony of this place. He settled deeper into his heat blanket, looking up at the stars. After a moment, he turned to her.
3: What do you dream of?
2: My teeth falling out. A common dream, even for genborn
3: What do you want? What do you hope for?
2: I'm satisfied with what I have, though I deserve a promotion.
3: Okay, I'll start.
2: I want to raise a cat. The old earth beast?
3: The very one. Why? They seem to pervade ancient literature. I want to know
2: why. Toxoplasmosis. It's well known that cats infected ancient humans with a parasite that caused them to enjoy cats, thus helping propagate their species. They're some of the oldest genetic programmers.
3: So they say. But I want to know. I want to feel it. To experience one curled up on my lap as if I were an Egyptian. To stroke its fur. Hear it purr at my touch.
2: Like I said, I'm satisfied.
3: You could have a whole life, you know, if you chose it.
2: Don't you ever want... something else? She looked at him then. Really looked at him. She'd never considered sex with Dern. And suddenly she wondered why. Of anyone she knew, he was the fittest, the least incompetent. Then again, she'd never really considered sex with anyone. She'd always told herself that it simply didn't matter to some people, and she was one of them. She knew that other people worried about sleeping with their co-workers because feelings might develop. What sort of feelings, she wondered. Boosts of serotonin and dopamine she was familiar with, of course. The hunt did that. Sex probably wasn't much different. But perhaps there was logic in increasing her base of understanding. Maybe first-hand knowledge would help her better understand Blandborns, enemies and allies, and help her predict their actions. Maybe missing that data was holding her back.
3: What if I told you I had a secret?
2: Was this a first step in seduction? Was she supposed to feel something? Elevated heart rate? Butterflies? Though what a long extinct insect had to do with it baffled her. Hopefully not something discordant.
3: Good night, Nia. And may you have pleasant dreams.
0: In the year 2072, as our world reels from climate chaos, there is one beacon of hope. Pura. A sanctuary amidst the devastation, safeguarding its inhabitants from the relentless onslaught of environmental disasters. Meet Demetria Lopez, the face of Pura's pristine image. But beneath the facade lies a chilling truth. When Demetria uncovers a secret that could shatter everything Pura stands for, she faces a choice. Loyalty or truth? Preservation or revelation? From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death comes an electrifying new series, The Last City, starring the talents of Rhea Seahorn, Jenny Tirado and Maury Sterling, prepare for a gripping tale of intrigue and moral reckoning. Subscribe to The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you listen to podcasts. And for an exclusive experience, join Wondery Plus to binge all episodes early and ad-free. The future of Pura awaits.
1: The
2: hunt continued for days, uneventfully. Nia tracked. Dern did his best to keep up. They pushed forward through forests, over hills, alongside rivers. It was the longest Nia had ever been out on a mission, the longest by far, and with a partner at that. It was strange to be away from the unity for so long. Strange, but all her self-tests continued to show normal. Dern must be getting stronger, Nia thought. Whenever they walked together, which became more of the time, he talked and talked, but never about anything important. He seemed to seek a common ground that Nia did not believe existed. He spoke of his childhood, telling stories about his brothers, moments they'd shared, trouble they'd gotten into. Other times, he talked about the other planets, romanticising their colonisation – or about exotic animals, antique heroes, ancient mysteries. On more than one occasion, Nia half-heartedly tried to shut him down. But there was something strangely pleasant about his ceaseless monologue. It was like walking beside a dappled brook. The sound of his voice seemed to slow the world around them, as if it were its own sort of echo. Even worse... She found herself giving in to Dern's weakness for distraction. More than once, they had picked and eaten strange fruit they'd come across, after she'd analysed it for toxins, of course. They'd camped early and watched sky-consuming sunsets. They'd bathed in a hot spring. Dern's dark cheeks had turned nearly red when Nia had stripped down. Such foolishness, she reasoned. They were merely bodies. Hers was, naturally, perfect, water sheeting off her flawless skin. His, less so. There was a small scar just above his left nipple, and too much hair on his chest, she thought. Nia wondered what it would feel like to run her fingers through that hair. This doesn't make sense. I re-examined the biotraces in the ferns. There are nearly a dozen distinct genetic markers here. This is no lone panic trooper. A dozen markers. This could be exactly what Neil was looking for. But if this was a more serious threat... She turned to face Dern, suddenly wary. This whole thing had rubbed her the wrong way from the start. The dossier was too pat. A panic trooper was able to stream off planet, and Orsman was able to trace him easily. And, against all reason, Dern insisted on joining her... None of it made sense. Why are you here? Why did the Unity send you? What's going on? Her hand hovered over her pulse gun. He raised his hands halfway, placating.
3: I'm helping you, that's all. You're being paranoid.
2: She analysed his face, tuned into his heartbeat. It was elevated, but not overly so. His face twitched, but only slightly. He was nervous, but she was close to drawing her gun... And they were alone on a strange planet. She couldn't be sure he was lying. She couldn't be sure he wasn't. I should continue on my own. Nia, listen. I'm going to be facing who knows how many discordants out there. We'll
3: be facing them. And maybe they won't be all that bad.
2: They overloaded a sieve tower, Dern.
3: You believe that? Did she? I do. Look me in the eye and tell me you care. Tell me you actually care about the people in that tower and I'll leave tell me the only reason they're important isn't because it lets you hunt and kill and maybe finally get that goddamn promotion look me in the eye and tell me that
2: she stared at him feeling a bitterness she wasn't used to that anger wouldn't serve her but she couldn't fight it down maybe it was the echo stoking her emotions to greater height she glared trying to stare him down and failed he was right but that's what made her so good at her job. She truly didn't care.
3: That's what I thought.
2: Dern turned away, disgusted. Nia had never felt like this. This need for someone else's regard. She wanted to say something to make him see her differently. And she hated feeling that. That's when the beast struck. Jesus Christ. It flew from the trees faster than even Nia could track a half dozen barbed tails whipping in a deadly whirlwind. Its fur was a rippling field of red, a perfect camouflage on this world, and it raked two devastating flails across Dern's ribs before either of them could react. Nia drew her pulse gun and fired in a single fluid motion. The gun's laser analyzed the beast's structure and directed a resonant burst of high-power infrasound where it would inflict maximum damage, Melting off a huge chunk of flesh. The thing spun furious, leaving Dern and charging Mia. She fired again, removing another chunk of meat before it crashed into her. She flew backward, instincts kicking in. Discarding her pack as she rolled, she came to a standing position, feet wide apart. She'd lost the gun, no time to find it. Her training and enhanced adrenals kicked in, making her stronger, faster, focused. They clashed and fell, tumbling, beast and genborn. Nia squirmed free. Tails flashed for her midsection, and she twisted away just in time, barely. Her eyes could track each trajectory perfectly. Her brain could instantly determine the most effective maneuver. Her muscles would never cramp. Panic would not cause her to make a mistake. She was a perfectly designed fighting machine. She just wasn't designed to take on something this big, this fast. It cut her. Again and again. She let it, always choosing the optimal parry or roll, allowing her hardened skin to be struck in places that didn't matter, conserving blood, breath, energy, while waiting for an opening. There, it was favouring its leg. Nia paused, then launched herself to the side as the creature came for her, kicking a heavy boot straight into the deeper of the two wounds. It yowled, an almost insectoid sort of screech, and stumbled. Nia sprinted to where she dropped her gun, scooped it up, and fired off four shots before the beast could get to her. Its momentum carried it nearly to her feet. Nia left the carcass and hurried to where Dern lay. He was pale but conscious, his blood almost invisible among the ferns its colour matched so perfectly. He tried to smile, but it turned into a wince.
3: That thing was fast.
2: Don't talk. She searched her pack for medical supplies and quickly injected the wounded areas with a numbing agent.
3: Ah, that feels much better.
2: I said don't talk. Next came the nanoskin, a synthetic organic gel that the body wouldn't reject, and then the needle and thread. It was archaic, Nia thought, to have to stab someone to heal them, but out here it was the best they could do. In a lab, whole body parts could be rebuilt, replaced, even upgraded... But here and now, Dern's body would have to be its own med bay. Nia worked quickly and then sat back. It was clear he was in no immediate danger. You should be able to keep moving, but it would probably be better to rest, at least till morning.
3: I don't want us to fall
2: behind. She considered this, once again thinking that it clearly made more sense for her to go on alone. It's only one night. Nia dressed her own, less serious wounds. They would heal quickly, she knew. Then, as the sun set, she built a fire. A real fire. Dern had asked for it, and she thought perhaps it might keep any other predators at bay. Oddly, the flickering warmth felt comforting, its random motion soothing. She used it to cook a piece of the beast, again Dern's idea. It was in no way the best thing she'd ever tasted, but it was a change from standard rations. When she suggested it might not give them the nutrients they would need, Dern told her to shut up, not unkindly. As they had been every night, the stars overhead were like nothing Nia had ever seen. Entirely new constellations, which meant this planet was in a different part of the galaxy altogether. They were a long way from home. Home. It wasn't something Nia often thought about when she was away. It seemed like the word should have more meaning than it did. Or maybe it did have more meaning, but she was unable to grasp it. Dern grunted in pain, and Nia turned her gaze from the unfathomable sky. He was reaching for his canteen, clearly struggling. I'll get it. She walked past the tongues of Dancing Light to where Dern lay, head against his pack, and his eyes met hers. It seemed to take her a long time to open the canteen. Something about his gaze changed a tempo inside her. He pushed himself up a little, wincing, to a better angle for drinking. When the canteen had touched his lips and he'd swallowed once, then twice, he looked her in the eye again to say he'd had enough. She stoppered the canteen and set it aside, looking away, and then back. He smiled at her. Silent for once. She wondered why he didn't say anything. Was she supposed to intuit his thoughts? Nothing about him was rational, she thought. It was frustrating. No, it was infuriating. Why had the unity saddled her with such a pointless responsibility? She bent and kissed him. Unlike the beast, he was the best thing she'd ever tasted... But it was much more than taste, as if all the stars above had merged and shrunk to a single infinitesimal pinprick of light and heat, burning where their lips touched, a blazing fusion as they fell into each other's gravity, condensing until the distance between them was merely atomic, immeasurably small. He grasped at her, and she at him, hungry despite having eaten, eager despite the pain... Is this what it was, she thought, to love, to lust at least? She didn't know, had never known. Adolescence should have taken care of all of this, gotten it out of the way. But it wasn't something to be gotten out of the way. It was to be reveled in, to devour, to sink your teeth into and never relent, never relent so that it could not end. She pulled away at last, sucking in air, She'd forgotten to breathe. She noticed he wasn't smiling anymore. But his look held worlds.
3: I never thought... uh...
2: Nia searched her mind, unsure what to say. The moment was already slipping away from her. Something inside working to expel these strange new feelings. She could feel them escaping, evaporating into the darkness around them. Sex has... Sex has many benefits. His look changed, she thought. She couldn't tell how, but one moment there'd been a light there, a light beyond the reflection of the stars, and the next it was gone as if it had never been there at all. Maybe it hadn't. It can reduce pain, promote healing. Why was she saying these things? She wanted to say something else, anything else. It would give me a greater experience base. He tried to turn away, but it was clearly painful. He struggled, gritting his teeth. Don't, she thought. Don't turn away. But she couldn't make herself say it. A battle was raging in her head. And she was losing. I want to help you. That was the most she could manage.
3: So that we can hunt down these people, whoever they are, and execute them efficiently. Yeah, I know.
2: They killed
3: two- You have no fucking idea what they've done, Nia. Do All you know is what the Unity wants you to know. What do you mean? You have no idea what you are.
2: Is this about my splice? I told you, I don't care that you're Blandborn. It's not a choice. She tried to get close to him again. She was still just inches from his face, but the distance seemed a chasm. Don't you
3: ever question anything. Do you ever stop to think about the point of it all? Don't you ever wonder about who made you? And why?
2: Not really. Gone now. She couldn't even remember how it felt. Something about stars, about fusion. Some archaic, romantic nonsense. As if sex was anything other than an evolutionary trick to propagate the species. Damn it. It had been more, she thought. She leaned in again, trying to kiss him. Trying to get it back. But he jerked his head away. I thought you wanted this. You don't even know what
3: wanting is. You've never made a real choice. You're not even a person.
2: Nia's eyes stung. Was she crying? She'd never cried before. She didn't know she could cry. She wondered why his words mattered so much. I'm sorry.
3: No, I'm sorry. It's not. It's not your fault.
2: He reached up a thumb to wipe away her tears.
3: You just need to figure out what you want, Nia. You can do it. It's in there. Somewhere. It's in there.
2: He did turn away then, fighting through the pain. And that was the end of it. In less than an hour of bitter silence, Dern was asleep, but Nia lay apart, staring at the stars again. She was usually good at shutting off her brain... It seemed to prefer to revert to a blank slate, all thoughts dropping away to nothing. But tonight was different. Tonight it was a swirl of firing neurons. She sought solace and found only confusion. Never made a choice, he'd said. But no one had ever made a choice. Dern thought he wanted things, thought he made choices, but only because he was wired to think that. Creatures with insufficient motivations failed to pass on their genes and died out. Humans without a sex drive wouldn't reproduce, thus the chemical called love was born. It was also painfully obvious to her. Or was it? Nia had always been so sure, but now, enough. She ended these thoughts. She threw off her blanket, scuttled over to Dern and quickly straddled him, avoiding his wounds while planting a firm kiss on his dry lips. His eyes flew open. I want this. That was all she said. And this time he must have believed her, because he kissed her back. She carefully stripped off his clothes, trying to avoid hurting him. He pulled off her shirt in turn and she wriggled out of the rest. She'd never undressed with anyone before not like this. As far as she could recall before this trip, the only time she'd ever gotten naked was for those long showers. She was aware of the night air on her skin, aware of how strangely vulnerable she suddenly felt. And then she let it go. She opened herself to him, opened her mind to the idea of him, opened her legs to the strength of him. The mingled pain and pleasure exploded through her brain, racing through the nerves in her chest, in her toes. Long dark passages opened in her thoughts, a flood of being, of living, an echo threatening to overwhelm her. All her life Nia had been alone, she knew that, but she'd never known how alone. Now she reveled in their intermingling as they burned together, a passion more blinding than this planet's red sun. Their flames whirled, stoked by pleasure, all-consuming until finally Nia cried out, a more primal sound, a more real sound than she had ever expected. She tensed, her whole body shuddering, and felt Dern pulse inside of her in pumping rhythms. Rhythms? Rhythms? This whole planet was awash with rhythms that echoed theirs. She sank into him. She slept. The next morning, Nia awoke naked and cold and instinctively drew closer to Dern for warmth. Suddenly she was alert. What she had done was perfectly reasonable, wasn't it? It was more than reasonable. It was wonderful, but wonder was a stranger to her, and she was unsure how to greet it. So she stood, got dressed, and set about preparing a meal.
3: Smells good.
2: I found some wild nuts not too far away. They'll add flavour. She finished cooking breakfast, a protein mush, now with nuts, but found she had little appetite. She couldn't identify exactly what she was feeling, but it was something. Maybe the fact that she was feeling was more important than naming the emotions, she thought. Breakfast passed in a strangely comfortable silence, after which Nia checked Dern's wounds and changed the dressings. He declared himself ready for travel, so they set off, though at a slower pace than usual. Nia knew they were close to their quarry, but for once was in no hurry. As they walked, they talked, really talked, Instead of listening with half her hearing, Nia asked questions. There was so much she didn't know about the world, about any world. She found an empty space inside her mind she wanted, no, needed to fill. She still found the hunt beautiful that day, but when Dern talked of the two of them visiting the lava flows on the eastern islands, of streaming to the ice moons of Sharonon, she found she wanted all of that. And she wanted him again. Maybe that was all she really needed. Dern, once this is over, maybe... A sound came from just over the next rise. A man's voice. Over there! We found them! She took off at a splice-enhanced run, far too fast for Dern to keep up, even if he weren't wounded. Nia, wait! She made it to the top of the rise, dropping behind a boulder for cover. In the valley below, beside a small pool of water, stood nearly 30 men. And women... And children. Nia! There, off to one side, was the man from her dossier. She blinked the image back up to check. She realised she hadn't looked at the file in days. Why? She altered her hearing, blocked out the echo, then stood and raised her weapon, pointing it at the man. You are charged with overloading a sieve tower and murdering nearly 2,000 people. Nia descended the slope, Dern keeping pace with her, a couple of metres away. Nia, wait! They aren't what you think. She spun, pointing her gun at him instead. Whoa, Nia, listen. Suddenly everything was clear. The endless stories, the diversions, the leisurely pace she'd attributed to his weakness. It was all to slow her down, to distract and confuse her. You came to protect them!
3: From me! No! Yes, but not just that.
2: There's something I need to tell you. Something I should have told you. So tell me. He stepped closer, but she thrust the gun out and he stopped. Fucking tell me! Nia, you're...
3: You aren't what you think you are. You're just one of the Unity's assassins. To them, you're not a real person. But to me, you are. I've always known you were real.
2: I don't understand.
3: There's a reason you haven't done anything. Haven't felt anything. Every time they need you to hunt someone down, they pull you out of cryo and send you on the mission. They manufacture some false evidence to give you a reason to destroy someone who's displeased them. And that hope for advancement? That's how they keep you going. But when the mission's complete, they just wipe your memory and store you away. You're only a tool to them. A weapon made of flesh.
2: No, that's not true. I... She thought back. Thought back as far as she could, flipping through her memories... But now they seemed like just a series of disconnected images, evidence of a past, but not a past. They designed you to have no purpose but to kill. But
3: I know that's not you. I've seen the real you in there. I saw you last night. I felt you last night.
2: You're lying.
3: These people, they didn't kill anyone, they're refugees. Fleeing the unity for a
2: better way of life, for a chance at freedom. Just then, one of the group bolted, Nia spun, fired. The dirt at the man's feet exploded and he froze. Nobody move! That's why you came on this trip, Dern. You wanted to help these... these traitors. You're one of them. Yes,
3: in a way. But I also wanted to help you.
2: He stepped closer.
3: I love you. The real you.
2: Don't move. Thoughts collided in Nia's head. It was true. It couldn't be true. If it was true, that she'd been acting only as she'd been programmed, wasn't that true of everyone? Was Dern helping these people out of choice, or was it just in his genes? Was Dern a good man, a hero, or a traitor? He loved her, he'd said. But love was just biology, bland-born genetics... What did that have to do with her?
3: I wanted to show you who you could be. I wanted to unlock the person inside. The days when you were with me, I felt alive. And the days when you were stored away, frozen, they were cold. Every time they woke you up, I loved you a little more. We don't have to go back to the Unity. We have the long dock. We can go anywhere. To the stars, Nia. You and me. Together.
2: She was crying again. It was unbearable, all of this. The dissonance, what she wanted to believe, grappling with the logic of what she thought she knew. Her mind lurched as if she were back in the stream, with no set course, no destination, just endless void and pain. I
3: love you, Nia. We'll figure this out. We can go to the Medic Citadel on Kyla and
2: see if they can help you. Whatever it is, we can face it. She wanted to choose him to take his hand, to escape the bounds of what she'd known and find a life with him in the stars. She could do it, she thought. She reached out with her left hand and grasped his, feeling the warmth of him, feeling how alive he was, how real and human and full of emotion, how much... Darn. And then the uncertainty was gone. The gun fired once, twice... Then she turned, advancing as her weapon fired again and again and again. The panic trooper lay crumpled beside a woman who held a smaller version of the man. Dozens of the other bodies lay where they had fallen. None moved. Nia scanned. No sign of life. She turned. On the slope behind her lay another man. Charcoal skinned, tall, a unity badge on his chest. She felt a flicker of recognition. A mole, she thought. I must have seen him at the center. She smiled. After this, they'll have to promote me, she thought. Then I'll find out who he was and track down the rest of his discordant cell. She turned and climbed back the way she'd come. It was good to be back, Nia thought, standing in the shower, hot water pelting against her coppery skin. There was nothing like a long shower to slough off the stasis of a beach vacation. The islands of Mehenar had been beautiful, of course, but she had only so much use for beauty. She preferred a good day's work.
1: My story is over, but yours is just unfolding. With time, you may yet see. But before you go, remember, if you subscribe, I will show you all I can. This story was narrated by Maura Quirk, performed by Maura Quirk and Andre Saluzzo. Jenborn was directed and produced by Mark Holden at the Invisible Studios West Hollywood. Dust is produced by Margaret Laney and Stephen Michael at Dust Studios. Dust is a Gunpowder and Sky company.
0: In as our world reels from climate chaos, there is one beacon of hope, Pura, a sanctuary amidst the devastation, safeguarding its inhabitants from the relentless onslaught of environmental disasters. Meet Demetria Lopez, the face of Pura's pristine image. But beneath the facade lies a chilling truth. When Demetria uncovers a secret that could shatter everything Pura stands for, she faces a choice. Loyalty or truth? Preservation or revelation? From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death comes an electrifying new series, The Last City, starring the talents of Rhea Seahorn, Jenny Tirado and Maury Sterling. prepare for a gripping tale of intrigue and moral reckoning. Subscribe to The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you listen to podcasts. And for an exclusive experience, join Wondery Plus to binge all episodes early and ad-free. The future of Pura awaits.